Thank you, Jonathan, Kiera. Uh, would you pray with me, beloved Father in heaven? Thank you that we can know you. Thank you that you have made a way where there was no way. Thank you that in the cross we have been reconciled to you, that we can be reconciled to one another. And Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would plant a seed of thanksgiving in each of our hearts and minds and that you would open us up to see with fresh eyes of faith your glory and who you are and to reflect and to remember all that you have done and all that you promised will come to pass. So Jesus, I am grateful for these students. I'm grateful for this opportunity to communicate your word and I pray that you would please give me understanding. May there be a Holy Spirit unction. May I be a pure channel of grace to utter, to communicate your word. And Lord, may our hearts be open and receptive. May we lean in, listen up, deliver us from distractions. And Lord, may you be magnified in our midst. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, happy Monday. We have a short week ahead of us, just today and tomorrow. How many of you excited for Thanksgiving break? I've heard it, and right along with many, many of you have just, I've an excited conversation of just, oh, I can't wait for Thanksgiving break. And there's probably a number of reasons why that is the case, but that is why today and then tomorrow we're focusing on a theme of thankful living. And I wanted to open by asking you a question. And it's simply this, what if you only had tomorrow what you were thankful for today? Think about that for a moment. What if you only had tomorrow what you were thankful for today? How many of you would wake up in a warm bed with food available, and whether it's your fridge or cafeteria, dining funds? How many would wake up and you'd have clothes to wear, family and friends to do life with? How many of you'd be back here in chapel? <laughs> Thanks. But let's let's. But I want to I want us to hold that question as we as we head into uh, this this message. What if you only had tomorrow what you were thankful for today? Because often, far too often, we take advantage uh, or take for granted all of who God is and what He's done for us. I know this isn't quite theologically correct, but what if we? Uh, what if you woke up tomorrow and didn't have Jesus? You never stopped at all and paused said, Lord, thank you. Now, while that's, if you're a Christian, he's with you, you were sealed, the Holy Spirit, that, that you will, nothing can separate from his love, but maybe you will wake up with not, with not having a sense of his presence. And so this week is Thanksgiving. 
And while the tradition of this holiday, uh, to be honest, maybe has some questionable historical underpinnings, that's not what I want to focus on. There is indeed an unmistakable thread of Thanksgiving that is woven through uh, uh, and permeates the entire uh, storyline of Scripture. And so Thanksgiving is simply the expression of gratitude. So I'm going to use Thanksgiving and gratitude really synonymously during this message. But here's another question. How many of you want to know God's will for your life? Okay. Um, right. That, yes. Yes. That's a huge question. Um, now, I'm going to bring back a quote that I often heard in chapel when I was sitting in your seats by Dean Paulson, who was the person overseeing and kind of running chapels, position similar that I have, have the honor of been, being able to step into. And he would, he would often say this, you know what, um, in, question, in response to that question, I can't tell you uh, what major you're supposed to have. I can't tell you who you're supposed to marry. I can't tell you what job to take or where you're supposed to live after you graduate. But I can tell you... And then it'd be like this dramatic pause, and then he'd like insert it, and you're like, oh, okay, you know. But he'd insert it with something that is laser clear in the scriptures. And so this morning, I can tell you with absolute clarity and conviction that it is God's will for you to be what? Thankful. And here's where I get this. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, towards the end of the letter, Paul writes this. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, giving thanks. How many know it? In what? In all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So these short, compact verses reveal the three ongoing, never-ending, unceasing activities of the life of a Christian. And I, I love how prayer is right in the middle of it. Because prayer, this is the idea, it's literally the lifeblood of the Christian life. And in the unceasing communion that we can have with our Creator, expressing joy and giving thanks are the two primary languages of prayer. And so to further illustrate, the, what I want to do is illustrate the why, why this is so important and why this is God's will. And then I, I want to flow into a brief how. How can we develop a thankful living? And so we're going to be looking at a couple of uh, God's top 150 song list, the book of Psalms. And I, they're so good, I couldn't just pick one. So there's several, but there, I did so intentionally so that you could see a common thread and theme. But first, I was captivated a number of years ago by a psalm. Psalm uh, 69, verse 30 says this. I will praise the name of God with a song. Amen. I love that we do that often here. But then he says this. I will magnify you with thanksgiving. I will praise the name of God with a song, and I will magnify you with thanksgiving. You see, the major why behind thanksgiving is that we often have too small of a view of God and too big a view of people, things, and circumstances. Yet thanksgiving flips the script. To illustrate this, there's two types of magnification. There's a, a, a gentleman, a brother in Christ, a man who pastored here in the Twin Cities, John Piper. You maybe heard, maybe have heard of him. Um, I, I read a devotional on this by him a number of years ago, and he said this. And this is this is this is excellent. He says there are two two kinds of magnifying: microscope magnifying and telescope magnifying. The one makes a small thing look bigger than it is; the other makes a big thing begin to look as big as it really is. So when David says, I will magnify God with thanksgiving, he does not mean I will make a small God look bigger than he is. He means I will make a big God begin to look as he actually is. 
Another pastor put it this way, so then we're not called to be microscopes, but telescopes. Christians are not called to be con men who magnify their product out of all proportion to reality. Then they know the competitor's product, when they know the competitor's product is far superior. There is nothing and nobody superior to God. And so calling, the calling of those who love God is to make his greatness begin to look as great as it really is. And so in light of this Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving shines the brightest often against the backdrop of darkness. See, Psalm 69 paints a picture of difficulty, of hardship, of trial and suffering. Yet, the psalmist declares this desire and I would say discipline of giving thanks to God. And you see, the reason why this is so important, beloved, is because we often see God through our circumstances uh, rather than seeing our circumstances through God. And this flips the script. Thanksgiving turns this on its head because it helps us to have the right view, a high view, a great view of God. Not a view that minimizes our circumstances or doesn't take them seriously. It just helps to lift us up above them to help see them through the perspective of eternity. Thankful living, though, is something that must be cultivated. You see, gratitude grows gradually. And so I, and I, I, wanted to just, I, was, I came across a number of things this week that just caught my attention. And I love how sometimes contemporary studies and scientific findings confirm what the Bible has already claimed for thousands of years. I love this. Robert Emmons, who writes for the Greater Good Science for the Center of University of California at Berkeley, he's perhaps the world's leading scientific expert on gratitude. He says that he argues that, uh, he says first, he, he writes, gratitude is an affirmation of goodness. We affirm that there are good things in the world, gifts and benefits that we've recognized, that we've received. And then the second part of gratitude, he explains, we recognize that the sources of this goodness are outside of ourselves. Okay, he's on the right track, to be sure. Gratitude, uh, another study goes on to say, is a way for people to appreciate what they have instead of always reaching for something new in hopes that it'll make them happier or think that they can't feel satisfied until every physical or material need is met. Gratitude helps people refocus on what they have instead of what they lack. And although it may feel contrived at first, this mental state grows stronger with its use and practice. They say that gratitude reverses our priorities to help us appreciate the people and things we do have. And it goes on to say that gratitude, grateful people are generous people because gratitude is a dagger in the heart of greed. And I love it. Just a couple more things. I, again, this, this was just so interesting to me. Um, gratitude or thankful living has scientifically proven to increase mental health and positively influence our brain chemistry. One researcher from the University of California, Berkeley, again, put it this way. Gratitude unshackles us from toxic emotions. Socially, thankfulness fosters meaningful relationships. It opens the doors to new ones. Physically, grateful people experience fewer aches and pains and report feeling healthier than other people. Gratitude enhances empathy and reduces aggression and causes people even to sleep better. And then just one other thing that I'll mention. They, 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 they did a study of 300 adults, primary college students, who were struggling in a state of their mental health. And they were pursuing counseling at their university, but then they took these 300 college students and split them up into three groups. And this first one, they had them every week for one, uh, every week, for one week write a letter of gratitude to somebody. 
They had the, the, the other group just write about their, their deepest thoughts and feelings about the experiences that, 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 that were troubling them. And then the third group didn't do anything. They just went through the counseling. And they found that even after three weeks of them doing this simple practice of writing out a letter of gratitude, that they made greater advancements towards their mental health, not only for weeks afterwards, but they checked back them for months afterwards. So this gratitude has a compounding effect. And that even when the results didn't emerge immediately, it accrued over time. But here's the thing. What research is finding, this is not just the power of positive thinking. Rather, gratitude is simply a godly way of living. Expressing thanksgiving is a way that we fuel ongoing communion with our Creator, and that will change and transform the way we live our lives. You see, the power of thanksgiving or gratitude is not in the avenue of our expression, but in the greatness of its object. And so what I want to do now is I want to look at how to cultivate thanksgiving, how we can magnify God with thanksgiving, how we can, uh, by, by, by actually moving just from thanksgiving into thanksgiving. And I want to show us in, how, in, in each of these psalms different ways that we can do that. We can magnify God by giving thanks holistically, specifically, and creatively. First is giving thanks holistically. Psalm 138. Let me read a couple, uh, a couple of lines from, you, for, from it for you. Psalm 138 says this of David. I give thanks to you, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing your praise, I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name and for your steadfast love and your faithfulness, for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. Last July, I was sitting out on the island on a Tuesday morning, and the sun was coming up and was warming my back, and I was sitting on a picnic table with a cup of coffee had my Bible open, my journal open, and I happened to be on Psalm 138, and I read that line, and I remember being overwhelmed with the sense of thanksgiving in God's word, out in God's world, and I remember literally thinking as I was planning and preparing and praying for themes, topics, and speakers, I have to mention this the word of thanksgiving. So there's a part in which I've been, I've been waiting to get to this point <laughs> for several months. But this idea, this, 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 uh, this psalm is telling us that revelation and thanksgiving go hand in hand. Whenever God reveals himself, which he has specifically done through his inspired word, thanksgiving is always a fitting response. In other words, the more you know God, the more thankful you ought to be. The psalmist, which is David here, is talking about a kind of thanksgiving that holds nothing back, exercises no restraint, no holds barred, it's uninhibited, and it's exuberant. I love Charles Spurgeon said, if ever our heart is whole and wholly occupied with one thing, it should be when we are thanking the Lord. So what does wholehearted thanksgiving look like? To wholly express thanksgiving, we ought to do it, I said it already, holistically, which can be seen in the three dimensions of past, present, and future. That as we look back towards the past, reflecting on what God has done, I love in Psalm 138, verse 3, he goes on to say, On the day I called, he's looking back, you answered me. My strength of soul, you increased. Or another way that, that can be rendered is you made me bold in my soul with strength. We look back and we recognize, man, God hears and answers prayer. 
that strengthens your soul. It strengthens you from the inside out. And so we look back. I'll say more about that one in a moment. But looking around, pay attention to what's happening in the present moment and circumstances and noticing how God is at work. Later on in verse 7, David says this, Though I walk, talking about currently, in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. Thanksgiving fuels our appreciation for what God has done and fosters awe over what he's doing right here, right now, right in front of us. And I would love that if you would even today take a few moments. Oh man, let's just do it right now, okay? I want to take a couple moments. I just want to hear a shout out. Thankfulness in scripture is always directed to God. And so directed to God, but we can do that together. Thankfulness is often the language of prayer. Um, I just want to say I'm thankful to God for. Let's just have a few people. Let's just get a little, little participation. Can we do that? I'm thankful to God for. How about a few of you? Thankful to God for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Family. Food. What? Friends. Yes. I thought you said drugs. I was like, ooh. No. Sorry. This thing doesn't. I, I, guess, I guess in the right context, I'm thankful for Advil when I have a headache. I don't know. Okay. All right. Okay. A couple more. A couple more. Roommates. Mercy. Okay. Good. On the count of three, everyone shout out what you're thankful for. One, two, three. Awesome. Okay. You will all have those things tomorrow. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Let me, let me bring you back. Let me bring you back. Let me tell you one thing. I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for Christmas music. Okay. I've been listening to it since mid-October. But let me, let me get this though. Let me, hold on, hold on, hold on. Here's the thing, here's the thing. Here's why, here's why. We sing songs about Jesus' death and resurrection all year round, but we don't categorize it as Easter music and only sing it in the spring. So why not sing songs about Jesus' birth all year round and celebrate, right? All right, so that's my, that's my, that's my ploy. So we look around, we look back, we look around, we look forward. We look forward refreshing the living hope that we have that Jesus is our victor and is faithful to fulfill, fulfill all that, his, that he has promised. Psalm 138 puts it this way, The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hands. So we give thanks holistically, looking back, looking around, looking forward. We also give thanks specifically. If you have your Bibles open, you can look over to Psalm 136. I love it. It just says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. And then the psalmist goes on a tour down memory lane over all that God has done, from creation to delivering Israel from their Egyptian captivity to numerous victories over enemies on the way to the promised land to miraculous provision, and on and on it goes. See, not only revelation and thanksgiving go hand in hand, remembering and thanksgiving go hand in hand. Take time to remember often the great milestones of your life. 
So often we forget what we should remember and remember what we should forget. Remember this, that God has forgiven you in Christ for all of your sins. He is your rescuer. He is your redeemer. So no matter what kind of day you have at the end of the day today, when you lay your head down at your pillow tonight, you can say today is a good day because God is good. My sins are forgiven and I belong to him. Amen. Remember. We need to remember. Be grateful. We're grateful for the gospel. And then... Not only we give thanks specifically, we give thanks creatively. Psalm 100, it simply says a psalm for giving thanks. So, I mean, this is like just blatantly telling you, here's what you do, okay? But give thanks creatively. Um, Let me just briefly talk about this. It says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are the people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give him thanks. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. You see, thanksgiving is often synonymous with praise in scripture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. In his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. We are made in the image of and belong to a creative God. So make some noise. Sing a new song. And serve with gladness. Look for ways to creatively express your gratitude to God. Singing and serving and thanksgiving go hand in hand. Why? Because in singing we elevate what we love. And in serving we express the one whom we love. By being a conduit of blessing for the sake of others. Can I give you one more? Psalm 107. Psalm 107. In each of the three psalms, though, first, notice that there was, a, there was a theme. There was a phrase that was repeated. Did you catch it? Psalm 138.8, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 136.2, give thanks to the God of gods for his steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 105, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures So, beloved, this means that we have an enduring forever motive and a reason to be grateful, to give thanks. That that because of God's steadfast love, which he expressed fully, perfectly, and eternally in Christ for us. But one more. I'm not going to even take time to go there because we're we're going to land the plane here real quick. But here's, read, say this. Say, Justin, I promise you, I will read Psalm 107 this week. Read Psalm 107. I literally, I could not pick it, I couldn't consolidate it enough. But I love, there's this constant refrain of, oh, let, let us give thanks to God for his good works toward us. His love endures forever. And it gives all these different scenarios. But oh, here's the thing, redemption and thanksgiving go hand in hand. And here's one way to practically apply this. Let me give this to you. And this is something that I've actually literally I've begun doing again this morning because, to be honest, I need it again. I decided a while back that I was going to take one week and intentionally express Thanksgiving. And so how I did this, because it was one week, it was seven days, I decided that I was going to write down in a journal seven things I was thankful to God for in the morning, and that I was going to write in that same journal seven things I was thankful to God for in the evening. I did that for seven days. And uh, by bookending the day with Thanksgiving, here's the thing. Three things happened. Two I somewhat expected. The third surprised me. I actually thought of a fourth if I get to it by the, when we were singing down here. Um, two, here's the two. My stress and my anxiety decreased, which makes sense. Philippians 4, 4 through 7. 
It says we let our reasonableness known to God with thanksgiving. We present our request to him. The peace of God that, transform, trans, that transcends understanding guards our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus. So my anxiety and, uh, and stress decreased. My contentment increased. Philippians uh, 4, 11 through 12, Paul says, I have learned the secret of knowing how to face plenty, of being and having want and having plenty, uh, but I can be content in everything. Here's the third thing that surprised me. My pet peeves were transformed into moments of prayer, and I moved from a posture of irritability to a posture of intercession. Here's what I mean by this. I'm going to let you a little in on my unsanctified version of me, okay? So um, one of my pet peeves is when people tailgate me when I drive. Now, sometimes I, I have, I, I, I'm kind of sick a little bit, and I, and I play with people, and I hang out in the left lane, and I just love to watch people squirm and throw their hands up and, and give me the universal North American sign of, I, you know, whatever, and uh, honk at me, whatever, and then, and then I'll go over that, and then that was giving me this look like, what's, you know, what are you doing? And so, I, I mean, I consider it my civic duty to help other people obey the speed limit. I'm helping keep the road safe, right? That's how I justify it. Here's what happened, though. In the middle of this week doing this, I was driving home one day, and some hurried dude in a big truck was riding my tail. Instead of being inflamed with irritability and doing what I just shamefully admitted to you, I had a change of heart. I didn't fear, I, I was like, okay, this guy's in a hurry. I moved over lane, and as he flew past me, I could, could, had this sense of empathy of like, well, I, I know I'm in a hurry sometimes. Sometimes I'm that person. And so I recognized that I had a position of humility. And then I, I actually, I, I thanked God for this person. I prayed about wherever they're going, whatever their situation is. I don't know what it is, but I know they need Jesus. And I started, and I expressed love and started praying for him. I started to see the Lord, I started to see this person through his, uh, through the Lord's eyes instead of mine. And so I want to ask, what would happen this week? What would happen this week if you did the same thing? I dare you, starting today, to make it, it doesn't have to be seven things, you don't have to look the same that I did, but take a moment each day and just physically, literally write down whether it's in a journal, whether it's in a, a Word document, or whether it's on your phone, a note, or whatever. Do it every day until next Monday and come back and talk to me next Monday. That's when I'll see many of you next. We do have chapel tomorrow. Uh, we'll spend time in prayer, engaging in different ways we can express Thanksgiving. Um, and, I, and, and, and tell me how it's changed you, because I guarantee it will. And so uh, this, this uh, I love, um, if you remember, I, I started uh, the message with 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and through 18. Um, and let me just be honest and say it's easy to express thanksgiving for God's steadfast love when life seems to be going well. When you see answers to prayer and God feels close. But like the context of the psalmist magnifying God with thanksgiving in the midst of difficulty, pain, and suffering. Um, here's the other thing that surprised me. Having this posture of thanksgiving actually caused me to look back at times of pain and difficulty in my life and actually thank God for them. That sounds weird. But here's the thing. It happened to me, whether God, whatever he, if he permitted it, if he, I don't believe he necessarily caused it, but it came into my life and he worked good from it. See, it doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances. It says, it says give thanks in all circumstances. But here's the thing that surprised me. I was actually able to go back and say, Lord, I'm actually thankful for that thing that happened because of how you brought me through today and where I am today. 
And so thanksgiving will literally, in your magnification of God, and you see who he is, and you have a better reflection of, and remembering and a posture of humility of knowing your right place and who you are, and it changes the way that you look around and see everyone else around you. So Father in heaven, I want to pray as we close. I pray that you, through your word, through a moment of today, that you would take the seed of thanksgiving that I trust that you have planted in each of our hearts and minds and that you would water it abundantly, water it in your word, water it through, um, uh, through serving, water it through singing, water it through uh, having us look back over, th- over times that you've worked in our life, looking around, looking ahead. Water it this week and may we be a grateful people because the greatest and the best response to your grace is gratitude. And so, Lord, we give that to you today. We love you. We thank you. We magnify you together. And we pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. You are commissioned, beloved. Have a great day. Have a great Thanksgiving if I don't see you tomorrow.